Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about retail media networks, their benefits and drawbacks, and how they fit in a post-cookie first-party data world. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Mary Matias, SVP and General Manager, North America at MediaMath. Mary, welcome to the show. Hello, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this topic with you. Um, so why don't we get started by you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're doing um, at MediaMath. Sure, I'd be happy to. I started my career in consulting and I worked for a number of really big brands. And then I pivoted to the ad agency side um, where I spent 10 years. And more recently, I've been in ad tech working for brands like Critio, the trade desk. And now I'm at MediaMath, where I lead the North America team as general manager. Great. Well, so we're here to talk about retail media networks and look at them from a few different aspects. First, for those listening who may not be as familiar with that term, retail media networks, can you briefly describe what they are and why retailers have been introducing them? Sure. Retail media networks they're, they're basically a way for retailers to use their brand equity to create incremental revenue streams beyond just the core business, which, of course, is selling goods, right? Um, and that helps them supplement their earnings through new revenue streams. So there are four ways that retailers can monetize their assets through a retail media network. First, it's like their data is absolutely valuable, right? Data is king. So they have first-party data that they can monetize. The second is selling on-site media on their owned and operated properties, things like sponsored product listings and website advertising, as well as like in-app advertising. Then there's off-site advertising. So they can do uh, use that data to reach consumers off-site and retarget them back to their website or do any number of things with with that messaging. And then finally, all of these things sort of contribute to driving incremental sales to retailers. That so for them it's it's a great way to make additional incremental money and to uh to really um get in touch and be close to their consumers. Great. So what are some of the benefits from a brand or a partner brand perspective to advertise on a retail media network? Sure. I would say um, the ability to target at a granular granular level using deterministic data like POS data and combining that with probabilistic data to build audiences, to find people that are 
most likely to buy a certain product at a certain time. Also, through loyalty programs, retailers, they understand their consumers so well and they can share that knowledge with the brands that they work with. And that is endemic brands, so those advertisers that sell goods through the retailer, as well as non-endemic brands. So, you know, some advertisers may not work with a company like Macy's, but they're really interested in the consumers there. Something like a Mercedes might want to um, partner with a retail media network because the retailer has a great handle on a certain strata of, of consumers. And then online retailers have a closed loop purchase process. And that that is really important because that allows for end-to-end measurement and attribution of both online sales as well as offline sales. So there's a, there's a lot of benefits for a brand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, it, you know, in addition to those benefits, what do retailers that run these media networks need to keep in mind, particularly related to the privacy of the customer data on those networks? Well, I'm sure you felt this. Uh, consumers are sensitive, right? We None yeah. of us want to feel like retailers know too much about us, right? Nobody wants to feel like my favorite store. I don't want them to be selling my data, right? right. They, I don't want them to know too much, but I, it's, a, it's a, a slippery slope, right? Also, the privacy laws keep changing and, and retailers, they have to keep abreast of the evolution in different countries and different states or risk fines or penalties. And I, I think we've all heard of data breaches happening and that can create PR nightmares for a retailer or for anybody really. And so the concern for a retailer could be diminishing the value of the data through through data leakage or you know p- other platforms or advertisers gaining access to the data. And if, if that kind of data leakage does happen, then um, the data loses value and people can protect, potentially get a hold of that data and can target segments without paying for it. And then the retailer gets upset and, and could lose the trust of their customers. And I'd say an additional thing is customer consent policies and processes are really important, but we have to stay on top of them. And like retailers and, and uh, advertisers really have to uh, make sure that they are adhering to any sort of regulation. Yeah, yeah. And so um, behind, beyond data privacy, what about the customer experience on a retail media network? Is is a retail media network always the right answer to finding ways to monetize an audience? What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, there are some things to be wary of. So retailers work really hard at building their brands and evoking specific feelings. Maybe it's luxury, maybe it's convenience, maybe it's something else. But the design of a brand image carries over to the customer experience from the time they see an ad to the time they click on it. And uh, if they're taken to a landing page or the site, all the way through the shopping and checkout experience. So, for instance, if I go to a site and I see there's ads all over the site and it looks like Times Square and I can't find what I'm looking (laughs) for, or there's a convoluted path to purchase, or there even there's poor targeting um, and I'm directed to a site I have no interest in, like that hurts consumer perception and it will deteriorate the brand. So there has to be a a really careful brand 
of the customer experience versus ad revenue. There's also um, a lot of new retail media networks coming up. Like there are so many different networks um, and not all retailers have the scale to attract enough advertisers to merit their own building their own network. So if you're, say, a, a Sony and you're choosing between advertising on Best Buy's network or like a smaller regional player, um, the bigger player is going to win out. So the smaller regional player needs to be, you know, careful how much they want to invest in a network. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Basecamp. Throughout my career, whether it was at my own agency or now as a consultant, Basecamp is what we rely on to help keep projects on track, on schedule, and on budget. It takes a straightforward approach to project management. It streamlines workflow management and definitely keeps the team in the loop and on top of ongoing updates, which all are major components in a smooth running operation. No matter if it's a simple campaign or a multi-million dollar project, Basecamp has been a key ingredient in the recipe for a successful project and business. If you're struggling with projects, sign up for Basecamp. Their pricing is simple and they give you all their features in a single plan. No upsells, no upgrades. Go to Basecamp.com agile. That's Basecamp.com A-G-I-L-E and try Basecamp for free. No credit card required and cancel anytime. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Now let's get back to the show. So going back to the the data privacy part, because you know I think that's a, a huge part of this conversation as well. Is most as most, if not all of those listening, um, probably already know. You know, third party data as we know it is getting more difficult to access and use, and, and brands are, are needing to find better first and second party methods to access relevant audiences. From from your standpoint, are, are retail media networks a good fit in this move to a, a first and second party data approach? And, and if so, why? Yeah, I'd say unequivocally, yes. Because as we prepare for the deprecation of third party cookies, advertisers, the Canon should uh, leverage retailers first and second party data. And there's so many benefits to using it. The first party cookies come from customers that are logged in and authenticated and can be tracked with a compliant first-party cookie, right? Because that that site is owned, self-owned by the retailer. In addition, like retailers have a tremendous amount of first and second-party data that can be used to help predict future purchase behavior. Retailers, they understand how consumers like to shop and how they like to be engaged. Also, how much money a consumer has spent with them and they can assign a value to that customer that will allow them to target the most valuable shoppers. From there, you know, they can interact with them in a way that that those high value customers really prefer. So there's a lot of great reasons. So this is valuable for the retailer and the shopper and the brand. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and, and that seems like the true success here is kind of a, it's a win, 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 right? It's, you know, the retailer with the media network is, is successful. The brand who's advertising is successful and the customer who's buying are all kind of happy with the the outcome. So what does that success look like? And, you know, how, how can, how can this retail media network that, that allows that success be successfully implemented? 
Well, uh, a retailer with a robust retail media offering shows consumers the right products for them at the right time. And this this could be through on-site or in-app or sponsored product, like I mentioned. It could also be emails or promotional campaigns. So retailers are really able to use their data and offer all sorts of advertising to their consumers. Then then the second win really is a brand, right? They're able to leverage their advertising budgets to take advantage of every part of the marketing funnel from awareness to purchase, including reviews and repurchase with valuable first-party data from the retailer. They, they can find higher value customers more easily and they can engage them with messages that resonate with that person or that segment. Finally, like with the retail media networks, consumers themselves, they don't need to be bombarded with messages that aren't even relevant to them. They can provide buying signals easily and both brands and retailers will tailor their purchase journey to that consumer's preference. So you're not getting something irrelevant. It's really um, something that it is going, you're most likely going to be interested in. Yeah. That's great. So from the customer perspective, uh, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but you know, what, what should customers be looking out for in regards to their own data privacy and when, when using retail media networks? So for consumers, their con- concern would be their customer profile, really, if, that the data delivers. Not being, if this profile wasn't being d- used or stored in ways that was agreed to, and then the associated risks, right? That's, that would be a problem. Data breaches are in the news all the time, and it's incumbent on the retailer to protect a consumer's data so that the consumer protection laws are adhered to and so that the customers, so that they feel respected. Well, um, one last question before we wrap things up here. What's one piece of advice you would have for retailers that are either considering implementing a retail media network or perhaps reevaluating their existing one. I mean, you gave a couple examples of, you know, that, that smaller retailer that perhaps it, it might be a stretch to, to have a network, you know, what, what's, what's a piece of advice you'd have for, you know, any or all of the above as they kind of navigate the months ahead and, and determine how to most successfully implement their retail media network. Yeah, well, I'd say retail media is growing at a, a super rapid pace. Retail media spend is expected to grow from $36 billion in 2021 and to reach uh, about $100 billion in 2026. So that's a 60 to 70% growth in new revenue. So the key is to realize that technology and media, even though they can drive this kind of, of revenue, they aren't core competencies for most retailers. So I think the important thing are get the tech stack right with trusted partners, right? If you're not in the technology business, vet out um, some really great partners. The media sales itself, like outsourcing that media sales team is a great idea. It's hard. A lot of retailers do build in-house sales forces for media sales, but because it's not a a core competency, sometimes there's challenges around that. And then finally, uh, leveraging partners, partners like MediaMath to create a path that allows brands uh, the ability to self-serve 
brands should be able to self-serve access um, to launching media campaigns um, via a retailer branded DSP. Yeah, ma- makes a lot of sense because to to your point about really all all three of those points is um, this is generally a net new platform that's being added. It's almost like a startup within the within the business. So doing all that kind of from scratch when it's not core business, it makes sense to to have good partners. That's great. Yeah, exactly. And you know when we're retailers are really good. The big retailers have been around for a while, and they're really good at their their business. Um, and it's hard to throw, throw a completely, uh, different, um, business into the, into the mix. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Mary, thanks so much for joining the show for those listening. Uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Sure. Um, there is a lot of great information on LinkedIn, um, a lot around retail media and, you know, Media Map is doing a lot in this area. So uh, follow us that way. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Mary Matthias, SVP and General Manager in North America at Media Math for joining the show. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website, or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.